This is Echoes of Nordic Design, a podcast about Nordic design around the world. My name is Julie Thing, and I'm from Denmark, one of the Nordic countries. I'm puzzled by how you can stumble across traces of Nordic design in the most remote corners of the earth. Together with my microphone, I take you on a journey to faraway places to try and understand the essence and worldwide allure of Nordic design. In this two-part series, I'm heading to Japan to experience two very different cases of how Nordic design has wandered across the earth. It's through my family relation to Nana Ditzel, who helped bring Danish design to Japan, I discovered a story of how Danish furniture has impacted traditional Japanese craftsmanship. This is where we begin. You see that the scenery is very beautiful here. Yeah, that you see the carpenters are working. In the heart of the Japanese Alps, more than 200 kilometers from Tokyo, is a small village called Takayama. If you try to imagine the quintessentially Japanese house, simple and made of dark wood. In Takayama, the streets are lined with historical buildings that look exactly like that. The village is known for its highly skilled carpenters and many travelers come here just to experience their unique atmosphere and heritage. Just a few minutes by car from Takayama, surrounded by rice fields deeply nestled among pine trees, a house emerges that is at odds with everything around it. It's a modern brick-like house white with few contrasting blocks of blue, red and yellow. It almost looked like a house made out of Lego bricks. This house is a reproduction of the residence of Finjul, a well-known Danish designer and architect. It resembles the original building in Ordrup down to the minute detail. They have replicated every room with the furniture arranged in exactly the same way. Even the power supply is Danish, so the cleaner has requested a Danish vacuum cleaner. And outside the garden, they point out the lawn. They have even replicated the inclination. I can't help but wonder what this house is doing here. A clue lies in the house next door where the furniture company Kitani resides. They are putting down the fabric on the chair. I come to Kitani with interpreter Ms. Kaiko and Mr. Hikashi, one of the directors. In the workshop, the craftsman upholds the furniture with such focus and precision, proudly maintaining the regional tradition of craftsmanship. These chairs will go to Osaka when they are finished. But Kitani's story starts 
far away from these fine and elegant furniture. Mr. Hikashi explains that Kitani began in 1967 as a company making custom-made furniture for hotels and restaurants in Japan. But 20 years ago, when the aging population was increasing, they began collaborating with nursing homes. Until there, furniture for nursing homes in Japan was mainly imported from Northern Europe. But the sizes of these did not fit the Japanese, so Kitani was asked to design furniture that suited the elderly Japanese people better. We knew that Denmark was a leading country in terms of designing furniture for elderly, so we decided to go there to do some research. In the showroom, Mr. Hikashi introduces me to different examples of the armchairs for elderly people, some of which are motorized and adjustable for people with physical challenges. They are more functional than aesthetic and look like airplane chairs. Uh, this is original, Kitani's design. Oh, so the motor, the electric parts inside are Danish. Next door is another showroom with elegant and exclusive furniture of an entirely different style. This is called a vintage room. It's a room uh, that has only Danish products. This vintage furniture is made by some of the most famous Danish designers, such as Finjul, Wiener, Anne Jacobsen, and restored by Kitani. While in Denmark, we unintentionally discovered a vintage store with Danish furniture. We didn't know anything about it, but were drawn to the style and technique and thought we had something to learn. They found some broken furniture for very cheap and took them home to Japan. They took them apart and rebuilt them without any guidance to acquire the master skills behind the delicate Danish furniture. While repairing the Danish chair, they noticed how advanced and different the technique were from those in Japan. At that time, Japanese furniture was driven by mass production and cheap materials. We enter a workshop with no machines and only two craftsmen working in silence. The, the smoother 
the furniture is, the more expensive. <laughs> the craftsmen are completely absorbed by the work, precisely smoothing the surface with sandpaper. They occasionally pause and slide their fingers along the surface with closed eyes. If they feel a rough patch, they continue. Sometimes this work can take a whole day. It's more complicated design than some other designs. The craftspeople at Kitani kept bringing back furniture to Japan to repair, improving their skills. In 2001, Kitani decided to exhibit the furniture. They wanted to introduce the Japanese people to forms of furniture from Northern Europe, which they were probably unfamiliar with. Mr. Higashi opens a book on a photo of Nana Ditzel, my great-aunt, who was among those who first came. The Danish furniture workers were so struck by Kitani's work and effort that they gave them the license to produce furniture of six designers of the most famous Danish design classics. Nana Ditzel, Ipkofod Larsen, Finn Juhl, Jakob Kær, Sigurd Resel and Ben Andersen for whom they are still producing furniture for today. Besides working with these designers, Kitani still continue to repair vintage furniture and make furniture for elderly. The tour at Kitani has come to an end. On the way out, we pass by the house of Finjul. I ask Mr. Hikashi what it is that makes our bond with Japan so strong, and he takes me inside the house. Sit here and talk, then you you uh, see you will understand what he wants to say. Mr. Higashi asked me to sit in a chair in front of a big window. He tells me that Finjul is well known for a sensitive use of light. He draws a curtain and explains how the fabric of these has the same effect as the classic Japanese windows with Japanese paper. The way the light comes in is very similar to the traditional Japanese houses. I begin to understand that our bond is not only about chairs. It's a mutual understanding and commitment to the principles of elegance, simplicity and craftsmanship.
it gave birth to an exchange that spans across continents and generations. You have listened to Echoes of Nordic Design, a podcast about Nordic design around the world. The podcast is produced by me, Julie Thing, and the music is composed by Oliver Heines. Echoes of Nordic Design is supported by Nordic Council of Ministers as part of the branding project The Nordics. Thanks to Japan Specialisten who gave indispensable help organizing my trip to Japan.